Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Yeah, 2-0 win for the Blue Jays in Miami. Elks don't play again until Sunday. Home game against the Argos. It's on 6.30. Chet, countdown to kickoff at 3.30. Game at 5. The uh, Edmonton Stingers. Uh, after uh, a little bit of a rocky start to the season, have now won three in a row, and they have a road trip coming up. We're going to talk about that and more with one of the Stingers' top players, Adika Peter McNeely, checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Adika, it's Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Welcome to the show. Uh, how, uh, when do, you, do you guys leave tomorrow for the road trip, or what's going on? Yeah, we leave tomorrow morning. You know, we head out to Toronto. We play two games. You play... Scarborough, we play Brampton the back-to-back. We drive up to Montreal the day after that and try and get that game on Sunday and head back home. So three games in four days, and, and kind of an interesting schedule because I think you guys had a week and a half between your second and third games, and now you got three and four. Yeah, I mean that's that's the schedule, but that's what being a professional is—is is just being ready whenever the time calls. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you guys—I uh, mean, we're, we're approaching the halfway point of the season. Not quite there yet. Uh, I attended your game against the Calgary Surge, where you guys couldn't hang on to that uh, that big lead in in the Elam ending. Um, and like I said, you were one and three, but you've now won three straight. Uh, did, did something change, or you know, just executing a little better? Tell me about the win streak here. Oh, we just figured it out, you know. We just got a little bit of time to get used to each other, you know, with a short season and guys flying in from all different places and trying to get practices in. We couldn't really figure it out at the beginning, but we got some good practices with that break, like you said, and now we're rolling. We feel comfortable with one another. Our defense is, is probably the best in the league, and we're going from there. Okay. Well, and you mentioned guys trying to gel. Uh, a, a lot of new players from from last year. What, what's the key to, to gelling in basketball? Is it stuff you can do in practice, talking, you know, video? How, how do you get on all on the same page? It, um, for, for our team, it's the little things, you know, like every time after practice, you want to go get some food, like, or you want to go to the movies, anything it is with the team, you always want to try and build relationships with that. So it's not just always on the basketball court and practice, it's everything outside of, of practice, hanging out, watching the NBA finals, all these little things add up. Okay, and you mentioned that guys, uh, you included, uh, I think, anyway, you know, play uh, in Europe, and then, like, I think Brody Clark got into Edmonton a couple days before the start of the season, and, like, was that that for you before this year as well, or what was it like leading up to this uh, CBL season? It was was a bunch for everybody. Like, I came from Romania. We had guys coming in from Germany, Poland, Israel, like there's guys came from all over the place to kind of last minute and just figure it out. Like you pack your bags, you come to Edmonton, you drop your bags and you go straight to pack this and game. So, but we have a great group of guys. We have, it's all selfless, no ego. So it was really easy for guys to come in and just kind of get used to their role. All right. So you were playing in Romania, you said? Yeah. Uh, Where else in Europe have you played? Uh, I played a couple of years in France, played a couple of years in Germany. I just finished my second year in Romania, so pretty seasoned vet overseas. <laughs> That's amazing. What's uh, Is there a league in Europe that is considered the best league, or is there a group of them that are considered better? What's the hierarchy like? 
it's, it's kind of different how they, they do the basketball. It's kind of similar to soccer in Europe where they have, like, the Champions League, the Euro League, which is, like, the top champions for each country. And then there's the domestic league. So the best league, hands down, outside of the NBA is the Euro League and all of, all of that. And then you have, like, the Basketball Champions League. It's just underneath that. And if you're talking about domestic leagues, the Spanish ACB League is probably the best league. Germany is also top league, Italy, Israel. So there's a bunch of countries that have really good basketball. Okay. Uh, and, and how much does it mean to you to also be able to play play professionally in Canada now that there's the CBL? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's my fifth year playing in the CBL. And coming home in the summer and actually having my friends and family come to the game with me a lot because – when you're overseas and you're gone seven, eight months out of the year, you don't get to see anybody. So when you're home now and then you're able to look up to the crowd and you see your loved ones there, and you, it makes you want to play a little bit harder. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Scarborough, so it's going to be a little bit of homecoming oh. game for me. <laughs> okay, probably have some friends and family there. For sure. Uh, were you always a basketball player, or what was your top sport when you were a little guy? I was always basketball, you know. I was the youngest of four boys. So I was always in the gym trying to shoot on the side hoops. Just always looking up to my older brother. So for me, it was always basketball, number one. All right. And who did you grow up idolizing? Oh, uh, you know, being Toronto, like, you have to, everyone's going to say Vince Carter. For me, it's obviously Vince Carter, too. You know, just watching those games in the early 2000s when they were making the playoffs and just that 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 generation there just meant a lot to me for my my growth for basketball. No, w- when it came to uh, winding up with the Stingers, uh, and I, I think you've been here. I don't know if you were here the first year, but I think you've been here every year since. Uh, how how did you wind up with the Stingers? How does that happen? That you, like, I don't think there's a draft in the CBL. So how did you wind up with the Stingers? It, it's just connections, you know. I play with I play with Jordan Baker. We were on the same uh, university team. Um, back in 2015, um, Barney B was the head coach at the time, so I had a little bit of a connection there. And you know, it came to uh, the, the 2019, and they were just trying to run out the rosters. No one kind of knew anything about the league, so I felt comfortable because I know I knew them, and it just kind of went from there. And like, it was the first time I ever came out to Alberta, came to Edmonton, and now five years later, I'm, I'm all here still playing for the team. And it's like a second home for me. So you'd never been to Edmonton until you joined the Stingers? Never. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, and you get to be here in the summer. And I know we've had some challenges with the smoke and the rain, but still, uh, you, you haven't had to endure minus 30 or anything like that. So good for uh, you. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I've, I've seen you play a few times, uh, but for, for people who are maybe new to the Stingers or who want to check you guys out when you get back home, what kind of a player are you? Oh, man, I, I, I'm a guy who's just going to do what the team wants. Like, team needs, actually. Like, I'm going to come off the bench, bring the energy, bring the hustle. If I have to score, I'm going to score. If I have to guard the best defender, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to get the fans engaged. And, like, for us at Edmonton Stingers, we always pride ourselves on defense. And that's what you're going to come out when you watch us. It's always going to be defense. Teams are not going to score no 100 points on us. It's going to be a low-scoring game on their end, and there's going to be a high scoring on our end. So it's going to be very entertaining. And we just go from there. Okay. And the Stingers also doing a great job in the community. I guess you're you're traveling tomorrow, so I don't know. Uh, you're probably not doing this yourself, but there is this uh, Fresh Nets 
that the Stingers are doing. Uh, it's a community initiative focused on refreshing all the nets in Edmonton, and there's some stuff going on uh, at some courts in Edmonton tomorrow. I don't know if you've been able to do that firsthand, but just talk about, uh, you know, how because that's another way for you to get to know the city, right, just to en- engage outside of, uh, of the stadium as well. Oh, for sure. Even from back from 2019, we've always been a community, but we kind of made it an initiative this year. We started the Freshnets last year, but this year just kind of took another step. And we're going to high schools, we're going to local parks, and we're just trying to get engaged with the community and just to kind of show, like, the basketball scene in Edmonton is growing. And you can kind of see how what we're doing in the community is translating into to the games because we're getting a lot more people coming, a lot more fans coming to the games, a lot more recognition. And it just means a lot for us, like, for the organization, the players, the coaching staff, the front office, because now we're seeing our work going and doing great things. You know, we have a lot of fans coming up to the games now, and it's going to make us play better and get that home court advantage. Okay, right on. Well, uh, Adika, thanks for checking in tonight. Good to get to know you a little bit. Uh, All the best on this road trip. So, again, you're at Scarborough Thursday, Brampton Friday, Montreal Sunday, and then your next home game is next Thursday, and that's with Scarborough coming to town. So if people want to go next Thursday, they can check out the Stingers. Thanks a lot for doing this, man. All the best. All right, thank you very much. That is Adika Peter McNeely from the Edmonton Stingers. Uh, good to talk to him. We, I don't think we've had him on the show before. As you can tell, a lot of energy, loves playing for the Stingers. Uh, fresh nets, they're doing an incredible job with that, and they'll be working on some more uh, hoops around the city tomorrow, which is pretty cool. All right, 780-496-0063. Uh, we've got some of your uh, written messages that we want to get to. If you want to give me a call before we sign off at 8 o'clock, you can do that as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. I couldn't help but notice today, partially because I'm uh, I'm friends with a couple of them, so I see their social media. Taylor Swift added tour dates, not in Canada. Apparently, that was very disappointing to thousands of fans, Kellen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, that's... I, I I don't know why Taylor has uh, yeah, we, avoided Canada up to well, this we, point. We don't but. understand it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got venues. There's, there's, there's a beautiful ben, venue just up the street from us that would <laughs> probably... You could get 60, 65,000 of her closest I, friends I'm and fans. Just, I'm just looking at her <laughs> set list. So she did a show... Oh, they don't have a set list up for the one on June 20th. Well, no, that's because it hasn't happened yet. What is the date today? The 20th? Yes. Uh, June 17th, she played in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. According to this, she did 44 songs. Yes, because I think this tour is uh, like all the best songs off of all of her albums. Off each so, album, okay. Yeah, so it's called do the one Eras album, tour, then take a break, that, do another right. album, take a break, take a third album, take well, a break. Well, she is uh, highly... Po- I recently learned, because I, uh, I I befriended one, that uh, Taylor Swift fans are called Swifties. Is yes. That, is that a thing? Yes. As opposed to the Swiffer, which is, which is how you clean, clean your floor. floor. And then a Swiftie is a... Right, so don't say bring me the Swifty because then they'll be looking to try to get a person to your house. Or a Swift, which is a brand of canned ham. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Which I'm not even sure if they make Swift canned hams anymore or not. Yeah, I don't know. We have T-shirts. That's all I know. So anyway, Taylor Swift fans, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. Maybe she can still add more shows, I guess. 
I think I think it'll happen. I think uh, there, Kellen Kennedy says happen. it'll happen. She's coming to Commonwealth. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have a few of your messages to catch up on tonight. Uh, I think on the Hockey Hall of Fame and uh, some on the Elks as well. Go ahead, Kellen. Yes, absolutely. We'll do a Hall of Fame text first. We got one from Randall, and it says, "I've never had too much interest in what players get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I've been to the Hall, and it serves its purpose as a museum for hockey history. The part about enshrining players is just." For publicity that is from randall uh okay fair enough um I, I think it does serve some value as i guess if you want to call it a museum where they preserve hockey history mm-hmm. uh I, I don't think it's just for publicity that they the players go in i think it's to acknowledge and enshrine the the best who have ever played the game and as eric duhatchik said it's not an nhl hall of fame it is a hockey hall of fame so you know mm-hmm. he was talking about some of the uh female players that might get in this year and you and you've been there right uh i was there a long time ago i think Same. it was 2000 i was there yeah a long okay. time ago yeah. yeah i made my visit a couple of years after you did so i, I enjoyed it i thought it was pretty yeah, it's, well it's neat for sure Mm-hmm. Webster texts in about the Hockey Hall of Fame and says there are way too many players in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Guy Carboneau, Den- Denny Savard, give me a break. And if it's about fame, then why isn't Paul Henderson in the Hall? He scored one of the most famous goals of all time. That's from Webster. Well, yeah, I think we've had the Henderson debate before, or it has been had. I know Guy Carboneau raised some eyebrows when he went in. Denny Savard was a, a, a darn good offensive player, and he did get a Stanley Cup late in his career with uh, – with Montreal, I, 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 I mean, that's the thing, right? There's always opinion involved. Certainly some players are automatics. I mean, even even Kevin Lowe getting in a, a couple of years ago, there, there were even some Oilers fans who said, oh, no, it shouldn't be Kevin Lowe. He wasn't as good as all the other guys on the team. Craig Tavish made that joke at his ceremony for the jersey retirement at Rogers Place. What was it? Congratulations on being the seventh best player on your team and the second best athlete in your family, something like that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean – most of the players who get in are deserving, or you can make a strong argument on them being deserving. But like like that texter said, may, maybe it should just be like an elite an elite list. If it's not obvious, you, you don't get in. And there, maybe every year there isn't an obvious one. I think Lundquist to me is pretty obvious to get in. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a sign of me getting old now that we're talking about names like Zetterberg and Lundquist going into the Hall oh, of you, Fame. You, you are pretty like, old. Oh, no. you, are, you are pretty old, Kellen. Well, if I'm old, you're ancient, then, if that's the case. Uh, <laughs> and we got texts about the Elks as well. Uh, we have uh, one that has been texted in from Richard, and he says, uh, interesting point by Matt Nichols about the one thing that keeps his interest in football is watching players that he played with and against. Oh, uh, yeah, I thought that Matt, Matt was good. It was nice to have Matt on the show. I thought he had some great perspective. Obviously, we had a text earlier that didn't like everything that he said, but Matt did play the position and that is neat that he would think oh i know this guy or this guy used to try to tackle me i want to see how he's doing mm-hmm. paul texts in and says paul here just a curious question did they just not sign cornelius to a three-year contract if he cannot fulfill his duties as a starting quarterback what happens you now have this guy making more money than the backup quarterbacks for three years because if you can't play nobody's going to take him in a trade so would it not be better for them to work with him and help him improve he signed a two-year extension in September, so he's under contract for this year and next. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fair – and I do think they want to work with him, and I think Jones signed him because 
He doesn't think there was anybody better out there that he could realistically get. And as Jones said, he wants to work with him and help him improve. That's his job as a coach and the offensive coaches as well. But I do think there's a point where you might have to say, look, the, the results just aren't there, so we have to move on. And let's. And this is the harsh reality of the Canadian Football League. The, the contracts aren't guaranteed. You know, so so you, you can release players. Now, I, I don't know if he got a, got a signing bonus in February. The, that would already be in the bank. Uh, but, uh, you know, that is one of the harsh realities of, of the CFL. The contracts aren't guaranteed, so you can be released. Okay. Uh, Jeff texts in and says, can't win without a good quarterback. If Cornelius is capable of playing better, it better happen in the first half against Toronto on Sunday. Otherwise, Jones is crazy not to make a change. That's from Jeff. Well, and, and that is, that's the thing, right? How patient are you as a fan? Probably everybody would have different um, different uh, measures for it. I, I mean, I, I said I'd make a change for the start of the game. Jones isn't going to. Some of you probably would have changed for the start of last game to put Loxley in. Uh, but, I mean, there there has to be a point where if the results aren't there, then you got to play. And, and so I think sometimes, too, you have to think about the player's confidence. How is he feeling going out there series after series and, and not getting it done? I, I mean, there reaches a point where uh, it's almost a mercy decision to play somebody else. Rusty texting in and says, having a hard time figuring out why anyone thinks still thinks Chris Jones is a good head coach. He has done nothing when Mike Riley hasn't been his starting quarterback. He's a good, maybe great defensive coordinator, but his over overly conservative approach doesn't work on offense. That's from Rusty. Well, look, Chris Jones is going to take criticism uh, in his second tenure here with the Elks until he they start winning. So I, I, I get texts like that and we've discussed uh, I mean we had a lot of discussions yesterday not just about Cornelius but about coaching decisions uh, offensive coordinating calls and things like that I mean I brought up with Blake why didn't they try a field goal if you got this kicker with a big leg you could have tried a 51 yarder you could have tried a 52 yarder he didn't try them I believe Chris Jones's record I I I did have it. I I think without Mike Riley as his quarterback, Chris Jones is about 10 games under 500. Now, he went 4 and 14 last year. He went 5 and 13 in his first year in Saskatchewan. To be fair, in his second year in Saskatchewan, he went 10 and 8, and they were a third down stop away from going to the Grey Cup in the East Final, and in 2018 they went 12 and 6. Uh, he didn't have Mike Riley either of those years. I I do think it's a maybe oversimplifying it mm -hmm. to say that he he can't win unless Riley's his quarterback. And one more quick one for you tonight from our buddy, former D-man Mark, texting in tonight, says, Gentlemen, does Jonathan Taves make it into the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame? I think he will. I think Is so Jonathan too. Taves an Edmonton Oiler last, next year? That might be a more interesting question. Ooh. What if he could sign him cheap? Just saying. Former D-man Mark. I doubt, former D-man Mark. Uh, I believe was never on the Hall of Fame ballot, but he was 145th for the Norris Trophy in 83-84. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that was fun. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, 780-496-0063. Jason Greger is scheduled to join me tomorrow in studio. About a week after TSN 1260 went off the air. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Dave Campbell is the producer of this show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. We'll